Hello, I'm Kalia, one half of the Father-Daughter Book Club. And I'm Chris, the other half of the Father-Daughter Book Club. And we created the Father-Daughter Book Club, a podcast about reading together and the joy of reading. Today, we will be discussing The Lightning Thief by Rick Reardon. And this book was published on July 1st, 2005, my birthday. Right, before we go in and tell you about this book and give you our opinions on it and answer some questions about it, we have to let you know that there will be spoilers. And we know we say this in every single episode, but we will always be discussing either the full book or half of the book, whatever. So make sure that you either finish the book or at least get started on it so that you won't be spoiled by us. So that was our spoiler warning. So if you haven't read the book yet, make sure you go and get it, finish reading it, and then come back to the podcast. We won't go anywhere. We'll wait for you as long as you press pause. And we'll be here to discuss the book with you when you're finished, okay? All right. Yeah, I didn't really like it that much, though. I know that this is a New York Times bestselling series, but it just wasn't me. It wasn't your cup of tea, huh? No. I was actually surprised because I really like, like, Greek gods and demigods and stuff like that. But this book just wasn't that appealing to me. No offense to anyone. This book is a good book. It just isn't for me. And that's fine, you know, just because uh, we're sharing this book on our book club doesn't mean we have to like every book. It's okay to read a book and then you don't really like it all that much and enjoy it, but you continue reading it and you try to find um, parts of it that you do enjoy. Yeah. Or, you know, you just just finish reading it so that you can share with others what your thoughts and opinions were. Because this honestly was kind of hard for me to finish reading, but I knew I had to. Just because I wanted to be able to bring this episode to you. Alright, so before we get into more discussion on it, let's quickly tell you a little bit more about the book. As we mentioned already, it's written by Rick Reardon. It was published on July 1st, 2005. My birthday! This one's birthday! (laughs) So that was a a good day for, for us, and it sounds like it was a good day for Mr. Reardon as well. Yes, because... I've heard that this book is really good, and I really wanted to see what all the buzz was about on this book. It is the first of five books in the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series, and it was also adapted into a film that was released on February 12, 2010. Okay, so now that you have a little bit of background, let's read the summary. Percy Jackson is about to be kicked out of boarding school again, again, and that's the least of his troubles. Lately, mythological monsters and the gods of Mount Olympus seem to be walking straight out of the pages of Percy's Greek mythology textbook and into his life. And worse, he's angered a few of them. Zeus's master lightning bolt has been stolen, and Percy is the prime suspect. Now, Percy and his friends have just ten days to find and return Zeus's stolen property and bring peace to a warring Mount Olympus. But to succeed on his quest, Percy will have to do more than catch the true thief. He must come to terms with the father who abandoned him, solve the riddle of the oracle, which warns him of a betrayal by a friend, and unravel a treachery more powerful than the gods themselves. 
this was found on the back of our edition of the book. Yeah, so it's, it's actually a really good summary. It gives you a good overview of what happens in this book. So we just went with it. Kalia, you mentioned that you didn't like this book as much as you thought you might have. So how does this book compare to your expectations? When I first heard of this book, I thought it was about people. I thought it was about this boy who happened to either be a god or a demigod and his adventures in the series. And then I realized the title of the book was The Lightning Thief. And I kind of had a feeling I wouldn't exactly like it as much as I first anticipated it to be. And then it just wasn't how I imagined it. I imagined it as being like kind of this fun, not very gruesome book. I I don't know if it's gruesome. I mean, there are definitely some fight scenes and... uh... Yeah, but... Percy Jackson has to whip out his sword a few times. It's It really is about his adventure, though. And and in in the book, they call it a quest. Yeah, but I thought it was, like, something that was fun. Oh, you didn't realize it was a life or death kind of situation? (laughs) Yeah. And then I realized, wait, he's a thief? Wait, what? What? Well, he's not exactly the thief, but he's accused of being the thief. Yeah. I guess for me, my expectations were very different because i had actually seen the book i sorry not seen the book but seen the movie oh so i saw the movie before reading the book so i kind of knew what to expect going in uh the book is is not terribly different there are a couple of sticking like points that are different but the story overall is the same as it is in the in the movie uh, so i i knew that uh it was going to be about uh, essentially a redemption story about how percy has to Figure out who actually stole the the lightning bolt yeah. in order to redeem himself and his father. Mm-hmm. So I knew what it was. And to prevent a war. Yeah, so I, I kind of knew what, what the major plot points were. Yeah. Yeah, so it didn't, uh, it didn't disappoint me in the same way that it disappointed you. Yeah, because you really pretty much knew what the book was about. I had no idea that it was a film at all i just knew of the book and the book seemed interesting and i thought i would like it a lot more than i did yeah well now that you've read the book would you want to see the movie not really no <laughs> like if you say that it's not that different from the book and since i didn't like the book that much no okay well okay so let's let's talk a little bit more about percy and what kind of person is, is Percy? That's that's like a little rhyme. What kind of person is Percy? <laughs> well, Percy is a very... Well, he I would say he's very genuine. Like, not genuine, but he's very much himself. And he would do anything for his mother, as we have learned in this book. And I feel like he tends to hold grudges. <laughs> against people he doesn't really believe in all this god and mythology stuff until he realizes he's a demigod of purse not percy poseidon which 
is one of the big three, and that's why he has seen Mrs. Dodds, which is very creepy. Well, who's Mrs. Dodds? Mrs. Dodds is a fury who was his math teacher at the school called Yancey Academy. So, like you said, you knew quite a bit about Greek mythology going into this book? Yes. So how did that... How did your knowledge of Greek mythology help you or maybe um, give you a little bit more insight as to some of the characters in the book? Well, because they talk about Poseidon and Hades and the Big Three and the Underworld and all of that in this book. And since I have studied mythology, I had a lot of like kind of deja vu moments where I remembered, oh yeah remember that from my mythology book and it actually really helped me in this book because otherwise I wouldn't have probably known a lot of the things in this book like Mr. D. So what can you tell us about the big three? I mean you've mentioned that term a few times already but what does it mean? Um it pretty much means that they are kind of like one is the sky one of the sea and one is the underworld and death. And one one who? And why are there three of them? There are three of them because they are the sons of Kronos. So these are the, the three most powerful gods, right? Yes. And after they fought a war with their father, Kronos, as you mentioned, they won. And they divi- decided to divide the earth into three. The underworld, the sea, and the sky. And and who who are the rulers of each of those domains? Zeus is the sky, Poseidon is the sea, and Hades is the underworld. And because these are the big three, these are also the most powerful gods, right? That's why they call them the big three. Yes. All right, so now that we have a little bit of context, thank you for the history lesson, or the, excuse me, the mythology lesson. It helps us understand a little bit more. And they, they talk about it in the book, too. So they don't leave you high high and dry in the book at all. They do give you this mythology lesson there as well. Yeah. But you mentioned the Furies. And who are the Furies? I'm actually not that sure. They are also called the Kindly Ones, which I don't really understand what the Furies are. So the Furies are pretty much agents of Hades. Yeah. And they, uh, you know. Monsters. Serve, yeah, they serve his at his bidding and you know they're powerful creatures i don't know maybe they're considered demons <laughs> and he wanted and they wanted to kill percy right so that i mean we're going a little bit off the deep end here so let's uh let's reel this back in and talk more about percy i kind of asked you what kind of person he is and i think you did a very good job of explaining at the time of this book percy is uh, 12 years old he's in middle school and as we read in the synopsis He's about to be kicked out of boarding school. Again. Again, right. So, And that is because he, well, he's kind of a troublemaker. And what kind of problems does he have? Um, well, he gets in trouble a lot and he ha- has dyslexia because we find out later in the book that his brain was programmed for ancient Greek. So as a result of being a demigod, as we find out later, the, the the problems that he has at his normal school are things like 
monsters. Well, not the well, not those kind of problems, but he has some uh, behavioral problems. He has ADHD. I don't exactly know what that is. So ADHD is a ten- is a form of attention deficit disorder, which what means that? you have a hard time focusing on one thing. Oh. So when you have ADHD, you tend to be hyperactive. You have a hard time uh, following orders. You you might have some disp- disciplinary problems. So these are the things that kind of plague Percy throughout his school. And they say he's been in, what, at this point, six different schools or something like, like that? every year so every, he's been in a every new year school. Every he switches to a new school because of these behavioral problems. And like I said, he gets into trouble a lot, whether it's you know getting into fights with other kids or having problems with his teachers. He just, he can't seem to stick in one place no and as as i mentioned this we learn later on in the book that this has a lot to do with the fact that he's a demigod and his brain is is programmed differently his adhd winds up be being um because of the sea god we learn later in the book well the, and the adhd they say is a uh, a uh, a way that because his instincts and his senses are hyperactive so that manifests itself in this adhd but in life and death situations it winds up helping him uh and gives him an adrenaline rush and and he winds up being able to do things that he could never imagine like killing a minotaur 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 excuse me well they don't he doesn't actually kill the minotaur right yeah but he stole one of their horns stole the horn he stole one of the horns and I don't know what the term would be. Van- vanquishes him, makes him disappear, but doesn't actually kill the kill the Minotaur. We find out that the Minotaur yeah. um, kind of like vaporized, yeah, but will eventually um, reconstitute itself and come back. But what we also know is that Percy has a very special place in his heart for his mom. Yes, that you mentioned that before when I asked you what kind of Percy is. He's very protective of his mother, isn't he? Yes. Why do you think that is? Because that's all he has. Because his father, he never knew him. And his stepfather, Smelly Gabe, as he calls him, isn't very fatherly. Kind of annoying. Well, not kind of, very annoying for Percy. So Gabe is kind of like the quintessential step-parent. Yes. Right, the stereotypical... Just annoying, um, doesn't pay attention to the stepkid, treats the spouse horribly. We find out that he even hits her. Yeah, he's just a horrible man. But we do find out that the reason why she married him was to protect his stench as a demigod. Because Gabe is so humanely stenched and it like protects him from monsters it protects percy from monsters so his his mother is actually a pretty smart woman smart and she sacrificed a lot in order to protect percy and percy does a lot to protect her too because she can't stand gabe but the only reason why she does is for percy and they're both very protective of each other because they've only had each other for as long as he can remember. 
Well, how do you think um, growing up without his father, Poseidon, right? Because Poseidon, well, let's give a little bit of history about Poseidon and how come he wasn't able to remain in Percy's life. Well, because he's a god. Right. First of all, he's a god. And as we learn, most of the gods uh, don't have a very close relationship with their children. Well, with their with their demigod children, anyway. Yeah. And they do it so many times. Yeah. And we, but we find out that um, Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades had struck a, a pact long ago that the three of them will not sire or father any more children with humans. Um, because that tends to lead towards... Wars. Um, yeah, bigger world problems that they didn't want to deal with anymore. And so... And yet... Both of them broke it. Zeus, we learned that Zeus broke it before the events of this book. Which is Talia. And Talia. Poseidon broke it with Percy. Percy. And, but because of that, Poseidon has not been able to claim Percy. That He hasn't been able to um, be around at all for Percy. While some of the other half-bloods have at least had some contact with their parents. Percy has had none throughout his entire life. And so how do you think this impacted Percy growing up? Not having any type of communication or no, not even knowing who his father was, all of that. Well, I think that the reason I feel like if he had grown up with him, it would put him in much more grave danger and would have put him at an even worse target than he already is. So that's definitely true and how it, it would have impacted his world within the demigod reality. Yeah. Right? But as being half human, growing up in the human world, going to school and, you know, coming home to a, an abusive stepfather. Um, how do you think that might have impacted him and in, in shaping the type of person he became? Well, I think he probably wishes that he had his actual father. And he wonders why he never, why his mother never told him about him. And I feel like the reason why is he's kind of lonely. Yeah, I definitely think he's lonely when I think the other thing to consider is that he's a boy and he he needs like that male father figure in his life. Someone who can show him integrity and companionship and give him love like clearly that's something he's not getting from gabe no he's getting plenty of love from his mother of course but all of these things like i mean you think about kids you know i'm sure you know kids who who only grew up with one parent and how that might have impacted how they grew up compared to other kids who have two parents and percy's one of those kids who only had one parent i'm one of those kids who has two parents though yeah so that's why i'm asking you to kind of sympathize a little bit with Percy and, yeah. and what he might have gone through and especially like we know that he gets into a knowing... lot of trouble at school and I'm sure this it's because of his father well I think so there are some definite direct correlations to the, his father being Poseidon and what that means for him and how that's actually impacted his physical self but then his emotional self as well has been impacted well I feel because He's never had, like, that mainly figure. Well, he has, with Smelly Gay, but not very much. 
And I kind of feel like even though Poseidon, I feel like Poseidon kind of put it in him to kind of be this like kind of outrageous person a little bit because Poseidon even says you're definitely a sea child because the waves don't like to be tied down and neither does he. That's true. And he also felt very comfortable in water, right? Yeah. And when he gets out of water, he is completely dry, <laughs> we find out. Yeah, he, he, he's he got this, like, waterproof thing going on where... And he can breathe underwater. Yeah, he can breathe underwater. He can control water. We see him do that a bunch of times where he makes the water, you know, whether it's uh, helping helping him in his fight with Hades, not Hades, with Ares, or helping him uh, with some bullies at school. Yeah. Yeah, all of those things. He doesn't even know how at first, like, how is this happening? What? What? What is happening? He doesn't even know how he does some things, and it ends up just happening. Um, I'm going to quickly try and, and go over what happens in the story, like trying to fill in a little more details that the synopsis gave us. So that way, the next couple of questions make a little more sense. All right. And stop me if you think I'm forgetting anything. So at the beginning of the book, Percy is going to school at Yancey Academy. Um, he's got a friend named Grover and a teacher named, um, I forget what he called the, 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 the humans, the human name of the teacher. But we, Which is actually Chiron. Chiron. Yeah, we learned that it's Chiron. Uh, Chiron is actually a, a centaur. centaur. But Percy doesn't find that out until later on. Er, at the beginning of the book, they go on a class field trip. And Percy, like I said, he winded up, wound up, he wound up getting into a disagreement with another classmate and used his water power, water powers, you know, without really knowing what he was doing. He used his he water powers. He never even known anything about his father. And so he was like, wait, how did I do that? But as a result of doing that, he attracted the attention of one of the other chaperones, the other teacher chaperones on Which the- is- the field trip. His math teacher. Mrs. Dodds. Mrs. Dodds reveals herself to be a fury. And of course, he's confused. Doesn't know what's going on. Until Chiron, his his other, his mythology teacher shows up. Hands him a pen. Uncaps it. He uncaps the pen and winds up defeating Mrs. Dodds that way. With because there's a sword. Because the which pen. was riptide. Right, the pen actually turns into a sword called Riptide. And the next time Percy wakes up, he thinks like all of that was a dream. He's not sure it really happened. He goes through the rest of the school year. Like pretending. Not, like Not necessarily pretending, but just un- unsure if what really, if what happened really happened. None of the other um, kids remembered it. Yeah, they, except they for remember Grover. Except, and nobody even remembers Mrs. Dodds, right? They there's another math teacher and everybody just feels like, oh, this math teacher's been around the whole time. Eventually, Percy and his mom go out onto uh, out out into the cabin. Like they have like a little weekend getaway. In Montauk. At their cabin. Just to kind of get away and uh, really get away from Gabe. <laughs> but they run into another monster. 
This time, a minotaur. a minotaur comes and attacks them, and Grover winds up helping save them. And it's kind of like a a race, really, between the Grover, Percy, Percy's mom, and the Minotaur. And Percy's mom sacrifices herself to save Percy. Uh, and she's just like, Percy, go! And this is when Percy really finds out what's going on. Because after all of this happens, he he defeats the Minotaur somehow using, as we mentioned, like the ADHD kind of helped him focus and gave him a lot of adrenaline to take on the Minotaur. But when he wakes up, he wakes up at Camp Half-Blood. And that's where he learns about his heritage, the fact that he's half-god, and that Camp Half-Blood is a school, a boarding school, really, for other children like him who are also demigods. That's where they learn. And satyrs. And it's also for satyrs and other, like, wood nymphs and other, you know, creatures and stuff that are there. Pretty much like godling creatures. And, and for most for most of them, it's a summer camp. It's where they go and spend their summers. But some of them stay there longer. Year long. And uh, he meets, he, he gets new friends. So he continues staying friends with Grover. He ends up being a satyr. 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 And he finds that his teacher is a centaur. And uh, and then his, so his new friends are Annabeth. Yes, and Luke. Annabeth is the daughter of Athena. Athena. And Luke is the son of Hermes. Yes. So he gets these new friends and he starts learning more about who he is. Um, they explain to him that he hasn't been claimed yet up until this point. And eventually, though, he gets claimed by Poseidon. I don't really remember that part. <laughs> right, because when he first enters the camp, nobody knows who his parent is. They know he's he's a demigod, but they don't know who. Who, right? And usually, at this by this point in the child's life, one of the gods has come along and said, Hey, that's my kid. But as we mentioned before, in this case with Percy... Poseidon couldn't do that because then it would be admitting that he broke the pact. So Percy was unaware of who his dad was up until uh, later on in the story where Poseidon finally reveals that he's his father. Um, so he spends time at the camp. This is gonna, this is, summary is taking a, lo- a much longer than I thought. But he notices that there's some like tensions amongst people at the camp and he doesn't quite know why. Until Chiron finally reveals to him that the gods have been fighting. And Poseidon, or excuse me, Chiron explains to him that uh, somebody stole Zeus's master bolt. And, and he thinks Poseidon did it. And he's given Poseidon a deadline. He says, if you don't return my master bolt by the summer solstice, we're going to war, son. <laughs> That's where... The adventure comes in. And the quest. The quest. Because everybody wants to avoid this war, but nobody knows who actually stole the lightning bolt. Percy has been actually accused of, of stealing the bolt, but he has no idea what anybody's talking about because... He doesn't know what this yeah. thing yeah, what I mean, he this just, is. He just found out that he was a demigod, so of course, he, how could he have stolen the bolt? He's confused. Right. Chiron uh, asks Percy to go on this quest to find the Master Bolt within 10 days. Because there's Before not this, the summer at this point, solstice. there's only 10 days left until the summer solstice. 
And that way we can avoid a war. And he says, well, you can take friends along with you. And he decides to take Grover and Annabeth because he's grown quite close to them during his time at the camp. camp. So they go on this quest, but they assume that it must have been Hades who took the Master Bolt. And so their quest pretty much is to go to the underworld, find Hades and convince him to give up the Bolt. Along that journey, because they find out that the underworld's entrance is in L.A. So they have to travel across the United States. During their journey, they encounter all types of danger because Percy's like a wanted man, pretty much. A wanted boy, I guess. And so they find out that uh, they're constantly being chased, whether it's by the Furies who attack them. Uh, Medusa. Medusa attacks them. Echidna attacks them. And then they get stuck in, in Ve- when they finally make it to Vegas, they get stuck in this hotel that's like dangerous. It's going to trap them in the hotel forever if they like continue staying there. And like some kids come there in like 1980s, 1980s. Yeah, so kids get stuck there. Pretty much the hotel is a, a, a hidden portal kind of. Yeah, and that traps kids and gives them everything that they want. And won't let the, and they can't leave, and they don't know what day it is. They don't know the year. So, in going through all of these trials, they get some help along the way from uh, Aries. They get some help from Aries. They get some help from actually before they left. They got some help from Luke because Luke gave them a pair of shoes that can fly. Yes. So they get some help from Luke. Then they get some help from. Um, somebody who appears to Percy in the river, right? Yeah, kind of like a, I believe it's a sea nymph. A sea nymph. They get help from that that person, and they get help from Ares later on. Of course, Ares doesn't give them help without expecting something in return, which leads them to another dangerous situation where they almost all die again. So they've gone through all of this. They finally make it to L.A. and they find. Hades. Hades. And he realizes that his backpack has gotten heavy. Well, when, the they, f- he when they find Hades, they re- uh, you know, they, they confront him and they say, look, man, give up the bolt. But Hades was like, I don't have it. And I don't want to. I don't want one. Beca- I don't want a war because that will make me have to expand my kingdom. And they're like. But don't you want that? And he's like, no, because then, like, all my security guards are gonna have to like work overtime. I'm gonna have to hire more, and it's I have to like do a bunch of other stuff to my kingdom. I don't want another war, or else it's just gonna put more stress on me. So the assumption was that Hades was trying to instigate a war so that he could take over the entire world at in the aftermath of the war. And as you mentioned, he just explained that, no, he doesn't want any of that. His kingdom is big enough as it is. While they're in the underworld, somehow the Master Bolt winds up in Percy's backpack. He doesn't know how, but Hades knows it's there. So he's trying to get, Hades tries to convince him to give him the Bolt plus something that was stolen from Hades. Which was his helm. Of course, Percy doesn't have the helm. He has the Bolt, but he didn't know he had the Bolt. And finally, they start to realize what really happened. They escape from the underworld using something that um, the nymph, sea nymph had given them. 
Those are pearls. They escape from there and they are able to finally confront Hades. Not, excuse me, not Hades. Ares. Ares. They confront Ares because guess who gave Percy the backpack? Ares. Ares. And so they find out that Ares had uh, given them the backpack to make it look like they had stolen, that Percy had stolen the Master Bolt. And he put a little spell on it so that it wouldn't appear until he got close enough to Hades. So they wind up in a fight um, because clearly they need to get away from Hades. Excuse me. I keep saying Hades instead of Ares. They need to get away from Ares so that they can go and tell Zeus and Poseidon the truth about what really happened. Because they learn that somebody else stole the Master Bolt. Um, It wasn't Hades. It was Ares. It may, well, it may have been Ares. They actually learned that Ares didn't steal the bolt either. Somebody else stole the bolt. And we find out something else. We actually never told them about the the Oracle of Delphi. Who's the Oracle of Delphi? Pretty much your fate. Tells you your fate. Okay. And And what what did the fate tell Percy? That, well, we said this in the summary, but it was that he was going to be betrayed by a friend and that he will have a hero's fate or something like that. I don't exactly remember. Yeah, that he was going to be betrayed by a friend and he thinks that one that the friend that betrayed him, that's was... going to betray him, is going to be Grover or Annabeth, but it winds up being neither of them. He thought it might have been Ares because he helped him. Right. But who does it, who winds up betraying? Luke. Yeah, his friend, good old friend Luke. Who actually gave him the shoes. So we learn that Luke has been kind of taking instructions from Kronos. After he went on a quest. And he stole the Master Bolt. He was the one who was trying to instigate this war. Why do you think Luke betrayed Percy? Um, so that he could get him close, so that he could get Percy close to him, and then he could turn him to Kronos. Yeah, I think this whole thing is a plot to, of course, get the gods at war, so that when Kronos revives himself, he can come and take over. Mm-hmm. Right? Because... I think Luke is kind of fed up with the the way things are. He's fed up with the status quo. He wants things to change. And and this is, you know, he he lives year round at the camp and he's kind of sick of it. And he is upset that he failed his quest. And, you know, he wanted basically wanted more more adventure. And this is his way of trying to shake things up. But he doesn't realize it could spell doom for everyone what he's trying to do. Mm hmm. So what do you think of, of Ares and the way he portrayed, betrayed everyone as well? Well, honestly, I'm, I'm really surprised. And I end up, we end up learning that Luke was actually the one who turned Ares to Kronos. And it's weird because he's a god himself. Why doesn't he want the gods to still be in power if he is a god himself. 
And then we realized that Luke talked him into it so that way he wouldn't get fried. <laughs> yeah, all of this makes me feel like the gods, so Ares and Zeus and Poseidon, they all seem to be kind of petty people. Or petty gods, I should say, right? Because, um, you know, first of all, why start a war over something like this? Without well, actually, any, especially without any proof, like... Zeus was willing to start a war without any proof of who actually stole it, without an investigation, without trying to I uh, actually, you know, figure out what really happened. I actually kind of agree with him. Like, he probably thinks that one of them stole the master bulk, and that is, he feels violated of his privacy, and so does Hades. So that's why I feel like... Instead of being like petty people, I feel like they just feel violated. So that's that's fair. And that's vi valid that if someone steals some of your property that you would feel violated. What I don't understand, or not necessarily not that I don't understand, but what I think they could have done differently in order to avoid a war is not jump to conclusions about who stole, who stole it. Because it could have been anybody, right? Anybody who had access to that room, the throne room in, in Mount Olympus, could have stolen his master bolt. It could have been Poseidon. It could have been Athena. It could have been any of the other gods, Hades or Ares or any of them. But he immediately accused Poseidon. He thought it was Poseidon. He thought Poseidon was being just a vengeful brother, right? And because of that, was willing to go to war over it. And we learn the truth here in that none of the other um, gods had been involved it was actually a demigod and they're potentially like the spirit or something of their long imprisoned father right so it's mm -hmm. like when the truth comes out you realize man we almost went to war over over this and it wasn't any of our fault like you know it was a demigod you know and i bet that they're gonna get mad at hermes <laughs> Yeah, so that that that's why it all seems like they're being petty for me. That they're being petty without, um, you know, they're jumping to conclusions, and maybe that's just the type of gods that they are. You know, I expect Hades because he's the god of the underworld for him to be angry and surly and stuff. But you don't accept. I I didn't expect Zeus to have such a temper, but he does. I do. Yeah, because he's the god of lightning. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that pretty much, I think, wraps up uh, the story. Like, we asked the questions about Luke and Ares and about them portraying portraying the other gods. Uh, is there anything else that you want to mention about this book? Um, not really. I don't really have anything else to say. All right, so just wrap up uh, final thoughts. You already talked a little bit about whether or not you enjoyed the book. It wasn't quite what you expected. Uh, anything else you want to add to that? Um, I feel like... This would be a good book for people who actually like this type of stuff. Well, not like this type of stuff, but who are more into adventure. Um, it was kind of interesting to me because I thought that this was really just about mythology. And it is, but I didn't expect it to have a lot of adventure in it. So Yeah, for myself, I think the book, um, it compares favorably to Harry Potter and to Artemis Fowl, uh, I think this book is actually, so Harry Potter is about sorcery and wizardry and all of that and magic and finding out that, you know, there's this whole magical world that people didn't know about. 
but this book is all about the mythology and there's a whole this whole mythological world that people didn't know about and i think that for me anyway the mythological stuff is more interesting yeah because there's a lot more um history and you know we we've heard quite a bit more about zeus and you know perseus named perseus we've heard about that, that demigod they talk about hercules a little bit in the book plus beside i mean we know a little i i was a little bit more familiar with those peripheral characters so for me the book was a little bit more interesting than harry potter um i thought the adventure was cool you know i, I mean overall i thought it was an uh, a better than average book it's not my favorite book by any stretch but i enjoyed reading it so uh would you recommend this book to others who would you recommend it to i would probably recommend it to more boys in my class who haven't read it because i feel like adventure is more their type and if they like want to learn more about mythology they might want to read it too yeah you have to like adventure you have to you know understand that the characters here are going to go through life-threatening situations Mm -hmm. but it's you have to see you have to enjoy going through the process and how they grow in order to defeat the 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 threats in their life yeah so that's i mean that's the kind of book that it is and and i thought you know for what it's worth i thought that was pretty enjoyable well since we have come to the end of discussion on this book up next for Father Daughter Book Club is what we have been saying for forever. Yeah, we we teased this book many months ago. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to do an episode on it because we just don't have didn't have access to the book. We I forgot where my book was, and I found it finally. So we get to do this book for you, Out of My Mind by Sharon Draper. That's right. So if you haven't read Out of My Mind yet, please go ahead and go to your library or your bookstore or Amazon and purchase Out of My Mind or or rent or check out Out of My Mind. Or if you already have it and you have read it already, you might just want to like read it back for a little. Yeah, peruse it again. Refresh yourself on, on what it's about. We both enjoyed this book a lot when we read it the first time. But now that we finally uh, have access to it again, we'll We'll kind of do the same. We'll refresh ourselves on it and then discuss it here because this is a great place to discuss um, books between us. Yeah. If you want to join the discussion, please do so. You can go to our website at fatherdaughterbookclub.com. Or you can go to us on Google Play. If you want to leave us a comment, Again, at our website, you can do that. If you just want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do that, as Clea mentioned, on Google Play, on iTunes, on Pocket Casts, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You we can, have it there. Yeah, you can do that there. So please uh, leave us a comment. Uh, leave us a rating wherever you listen to uh, podcasts, at, like I said, iTunes or anything like that. And also tell others if you enjoy us. Yeah. So thank you again for listening. We've enjoyed discussing The Lightning Thief, and we look forward to talking about Out of My Mind. Such a good book. Love that book. Love Out of My Mind. All right. Not so much this book. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so until next time, 
Doom, 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 doom.